0: Hi there, and welcome back to the SMB Cybercast podcast, where it's all about helping small and medium enterprises and IT professionals learn cybersecurity, improve their defenses, and prevent breaches. If you want to take the security of your organization to the next level, then this is the right place for you. Welcome, and thanks for listening.
1: This show is sponsored by CyberX. CyberX is a cybersecurity agency that specializes in the needs of small and medium enterprises. We believe that everyone is at the risk of attack these days, and that's obvious from the increase in attacks across the board. So if your company needs help with compliance, security, managed security operations, penetration testing, vulnerability management, or any other security need, feel free to reach out to us. You can send us a message at cyberx.tech/contact. That's cyberx.tech slash contact. All right, let's get back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. We have an amazing guest today. Uh, you're really going to like him and his story. Um, we all know that cybersecurity is something that we should all take very important. And we know, especially us who work in IT and cybersecurity, that we want to train our children um, to have good security habits online, offline, etc., and our guest today has taken that to a unique step, and we're going to get to his story and what he has to say. So, Curtis, welcome to the show. We're very excited to have you today. So, before we actually get to the what you're actually doing for with cybersecurity, which I won't give any spoiler alerts, we'll let you tell them. Um, can you tell us about how you got into cybersecurity?
2: Back in the third grade, I was lucky enough to get my hands on a, uh, an original Macintosh computer and uh, fell in love uh, for first sight, if you will. Um, just really had a passion for computers and knew that I wanted to do something when I grew up. I wanted to be a developer or a programmer, as I called it at the time, and um, just really uh, taught myself, uh, self-taught um, Visual Basic, uh, Basic before that, I guess. Um, did everything I could, pushed my computer to the limits. Um and then, obviously, uh, when the internet uh, became a thing, and I really, uh, I really got into that, I started doing uh, my own web pages and things like that. I um, started uh, playing around with um, vulnerabilities and exploits. Uh, I didn't know at the time they had a name, but like cross-site request forgery and, and cross-site scripting and, and things like that. I kind of just discovered on my own. Um, you know, I'm sure they'd been around for a while, but just really had fun playing around with stuff like that, and, and knew that someday I wanted to get into a career if it was available in information security. Um, at the time I didn't really think that there was a, you know, legitimate career path. So, um, again, I just kind of leaned towards it. Um, when I graduated and went to college, I went for information technology because they didn't have uh, cybersecurity, um, courses at the time. And so, um, I got out of college. I started doing database administration, um, which is ironic because those are the courses I, I really didn't enjoy. I didn't think at college, but, um, got a career in database administration, Microsoft SQL, and, and just fell in love with it. Um, Just had a really good time, um, you know, being able to pull data and sort it and and do different things with it. Um, After that, I got a job as a systems administrator. um, And that's my first security role. I was in charge of responding to the results of the pen tests that we did and and really securing, uh, taking proactive measures to secure our environment. Um, and just really enjoyed that. And so from that point on, I knew I wanted to do, um, at least pen testing or something like that in the future. Uh, after that, I went to Rolls-Royce and, uh, I was a SOC senior, senior SOC analyst. Um, I also did some, um, digital forensics and just, you know, yep. Yeah, fell in love with that even more. Um just really enjoyed the blue team side of things, uh, especially in that environment. As you can imagine, um, advanced uh, actors um, were always trying to get in and and things like that. So seeing state attacks um, was just really intriguing for me. So let me ask you,
1: if you don't mind, so do you like red side or blue side better?
2: (laughs) Um, That's a tricky question. I I love them both, I really genuinely do. I I love the incident response side of things, um, figuring out, you know, working backwards and trying to solve kind of like a a case, a detective or something, that part's always going to be interesting to me. Um, But I also like the attacking side. I like the penetration test and and the value that it shows to the customer when you can, you know, articulate what you found and and what they need to do to, um, you know, patch the holes, if you will, so attackers can't get back in. So I I like it both, but um, I'm leaning towards red team right now. Yeah, I think I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, it is the, uh, the... red is fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's the, it's the exciting side of information security, the the Hollywood side.
1: Yeah, it's nothing like the rush of adrenaline you get when you break into something. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're something. fine.
2: So, <clears throat> yeah, Ponderance, um is where I went after that. And I've been there for five and a half years now. Um, I started out as a penetration tester and, um, ended up managing the team for several years, uh, until about a week or two ago. And I went back into a more technical role just because that's where my passion is. Um, but you know, we do everything from, from appsec to traditional pen testing, wireless assessments, you know, the list goes on and on. So anything, anything red team, uh, is kind of what my team handles.
1: So I'm supposing you guys probably deal with larger organizations, right?
2: Yeah. Anywhere from, you know, some, you know, mid-sized companies to, to large organizations.
1: So our agency, we typically, I mean, we do pen tests and stuff for all organizations, but our managed SOC services and that side of things, we usually focus on SMBs, small and medium sized organizations. Um, so that's who our listeners yeah. are most, of, uh, mostly. So from your guys' perspective, is there a common set of mistakes you see these organizations you making? You
2: know, I don't want to just repeat what, what we hear in the industry over and over again. Um, yeah, a lot of times it's just patching deficiencies um, or configuration issues. Um, n- nothing new necessarily. Um, right. it, d- it depends on, obviously, the, the maturity, the security maturity right. are, of the organization. Um, but, you know, I see that a lot. I see understaffed IT resources where they just don't have the time or or maybe the money to, to handle, you know, the patching that has to happen. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's probably the same what we see.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously a big one too is just, you know, user awareness, training, um, making sure people aren't clicking on links they shouldn't and phishing emails and things like that. A lot of our uh, incident response engagements, as I'm sure you're familiar, often stem from, you know, a phishing attack, a targeted phishing attack.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We tell everyone security awareness is one of the first things you should implement,
2: Yep, especially
1: for for understaffed organizations. I mean, they get the most ROI from it.
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: In our opinion. I agree.
0: In some businesses, more depending on the nature of the business, the more the better, because. If that business is not really a um, computer savvy group and said basically like that, the more security awareness, the better, because some of your users are not going to be able to differentiate. Is that a, a regular email or a bad email or whatever the case may be? Yeah. So that's no, exactly na- another right. way of looking at it, you know, from our point of view as well.
2: Yes, it does have to be customized.
1: And tailoring that training just right. for their department. I mean, I mean. I mean, with fellow pen testers, we always joke that if you want to get in, send it to sales or marketing because <laughs> they're click happy. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is true. Or <laughs> an executive. I always yep. joke <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <level>. <laughs>
1: All right. So tell us about what you're working on presently. Uh, I saw this on LinkedIn, what is it, a month ago or so? Yeah. I matter. really thought this was a great idea. Well,
2: thank you. Yeah. This is one of those passion projects I didn't expect to really take off. Um, but I wanted to do it for, for lots of different reasons. I've always kind of wanted to create a book too. And I just thought, you know, this would be an interesting opportunity. My son's young. Um, I've always wanted to make a kid's book, but, uh, I can't draw <laughs> at all. So, um, it, it's, it's kind of a joke with me and my wife. I I've wanted <laughs> to do this, but no matter how much time I spend trying to illustrate something, I just can't do it. So I've just, it's one of those things I've admitted to myself. I can't do this on my own. I need to, uh, hire an illustrator to make it happen. Um, and really my aha moment, um, was when I was reading a book to my son. So I have a son and a daughter. Uh, my son is three and a half years old. And as you can imagine, as any parent out there will say, you know, there, there are nights where you're reading the same books over and over again. And, um, yeah, so I, am reading this ABC board book, um, for the thousandth time probably, and, <laughs> um, you know, it's an animal right. ABC book. So there's a, every letter represents an animal. Um, and um, right after I'm done with that one, I'm, I'm reading a Count to 10 Monster board book. And both of these are board books. And I'm thinking, well, I could probably do something like this, right? And, and it's easy to criticize somebody else's work. Um, and I'm just thinking about, you know, Jimmy Fallon has a book, Samuel L. Jackson has a book out. If they can do these things, I can do this thing, right? So, but then I'm wondering, <laughs> what is it? I still don't have a topic. Um, what is it I can tr- contribute? And it just kind of hit me, uh, cybersecurity, I've always thought of that as more of an advanced topic, um, not something you usually talk to kids about. Um, but I think it's important, and I think it's important to, you know, right. convey those in a way that they can understand them, just kind of like, uh, you know, when we explain them to a non-technical audience, whether they're young or not, you know, trying to translate the technical jargon to something that's understandable and relatable. Right. Um, so that's kind of where this came from.
1: Yeah, kind of along those lines. Um, are you familiar with Gabriel Friedlander from Wiser Training? Not. Yeah, so we had him on the show uh, last week. And he's he has an initiative where he's starting security free security awareness so that SMBs can afford it. Oh, awesome. But his content is focused at its child level. Uh, so he's working on getting that into schools, uh, back to school initiatives, oh, awesome. et cetera.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about it.
1: Yeah. It's kind of similar, similar.
2: Yep. Yep. Just, um, yeah, getting children, um, caught up on, you know, privacy online and and security concepts to keep them safe.
1: Yeah. I think I agree. It's important to start early. They start using technology early. That's
2: exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I I used to work at the, um, the children's museum of Indianapolis. That's when I was my, that's when I had the sysadmin position and it's the, the world largest children's museum. And, um, I'll never forget the first day I started, our CTO took me down to this observatory deck um, up high. And we could look down and see all these children playing these games, uh, these digital video games with uh, screens. And it was just amazing to see the kids using, um, you know, the technology um, just easily. And and one of the things that cracked me up was um, some of our technology is outdated. And we just had normal um, flat screen TVs with like a keyboard and a mouse <laughs> for input. And the kids are so used to touch screens now; they were up there touching the screen, wondering when it wasn't working. So we were the ones actually behind. So that was one of those interesting aha moments where it's like, okay, kids are really starting out young with technology now.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. So tell our listeners as you're working on this project, what other aha moments um, have you come across as you're as you're working on this, correlating it to you know like everyday s- security needs and holes and things yeah, like that. So.
2: I have kind of a wide background as I discussed. so I, I'm thinking, okay, um, I can do something that relates to pretty much everybody in the security space, you know, not just red team focus, not just blue team, um, but just vague uh, or generalized security concepts. Um, so phishing, what is phishing, vulnerabilities, things like that. I really wanted to focus on those things and just kind of educate the general population, because um, I understand that right. everybody reading this is not probably going to be an InfoSec parent. That was kind of the idea initially, but um, I kind of hope that other people will be able to, uh, you know, take this and and it'll help um, make clear some of the the concepts that I'm trying to get across. Um, So some of those general concepts are in there as well as more technical specific ones.
1: So um, from what you said, it looks like you have quite a few topics in there.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. Some of the, the terms I came up with. So the idea was, you know, um, I, I came up with multiple terms for each letter of the alphabet. That was my right. first idea. Um, my my wife had the idea to use cute monsters to represent every term. And so that really got me thinking. Um, You know, I came up with a bunch of different different right. ones for each letter. And then other letters are, are really tricky, like Y and X and and uh, Z. And, you know, there's not as many security concepts for those letters. Um, but, you know, I wrote a list. I probably had about an average of five to six for, for every letter. Uh, And then I just went through the process of getting rid of terms that I thought would be difficult um, to visualize with an illustration. Um, Because as you can imagine, things like uh, XML entity injection and Java deserialization would be really hard to translate into an image uh, with a monster in it for kids. So um, I started uh, eliminating ones until I felt like I had one for every letter of the alphabet that I could illustrate in a way that makes sense. That's great. Uh, that's so that's really kind of how I came up with the different terms there. Yeah. So um, my, fa- my favorite one probably is Z for zero day. <laughs> um, that was just a fun I was thinking, okay, what could I do to get the point across? Um, you know, and it's different right. than vulnerability. It's different than exploit. How do I take the term zero day and put it into a single image? And so I had this idea um, of a monster, um, sitting on a raft in the ocean and the raft has a hole in it, right? So the, the <laughs> hole represents the Oof. vulnerability and the monster is frantically looking for a patch. Um, but there That's isn't a pretty patch. Clever. No yeah. patch available. So he's throwing his arms up in the air saying there's no patch available. And so hopefully you know, the cybersecurity parents are reading this to their kids are going to be able to explain the concept. And if nothing else, I'm hoping the kids enjoy the illustrations and, and just have right. fun with it.
0: I think that's something adults can take away too, you know, remembering that like patch, patch, make sure we got patches, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And this is one of those uh, books that's kind of like a novelty item, but it also serves as an educational piece too. So I don't expect it to be taken too seriously. There's not a lot of text in the book other than just the terms themselves, but there's an opportunity there for the parents to spend time and explain what's going on and, and why it's important to do certain things. Patching may not be the best you know way to translate to a kid but you know things like phishing and adware and, and malware you know telling your kids don't don't download things without you know um your parents approval um thing, things like that are important and i think that's where the educational piece probably comes in yeah yeah and then at least
1: it plants seeds so when they who knows maybe they grow up later and they recall those things right
2: yes that's what i'm hoping yeah.
0: that's very true. And even when they're at younger too, when they have their school email accounts or other email accounts, you know, Hey mom, dad, is this one of those funny emails? Look at this for me. You know?
2: That's true. Yeah. Why do they want me to click this link and put in information about where I live, you know, or, you know, exactly. my address or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and it's kind of the awareness training. You don't know it's wrong or malicious until you are taught exactly. that it could be.
2: So you might as well start early. Um, You know, I think that would have been a leg up for all of us if we had some kind of training early on. But I also, you know, I got to have fun with them, too. I mean, I didn't take everything really seriously. You know, I mentioned Java deserialization and how that's a really hard concept to get across. So I just I had fun with a couple of them. A couple of them don't even accurately represent, you know, what the term means. Uh, I think Java deserialization um, was a big one. I think XML injection was the other one that was really hard to get across. So I just had fun with those. Um, Java deserialization is just a monster drinking coffee, uh, AKA Java, and then spilling <laughs> a cereal on the table and cereal is completely not the right kind of cereal, but it made me laugh and I hope that there's other infosec parents out there that at least <laughs> smile <laughs> when they come across or,
1: that. Or then they'll find themselves trying to explain these concepts to their children. Yeah. Uh, yep, a conversation true. starter. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. And then the last page is, uh, basically just, a you know, a privacy tip page. Cause I did want to have some text in there, um, that parents could, could share with their kids. Um, important tips, you know, about privacy mostly, but things like don't talk to strangers online, never give out your personal information and, and don't click on advertisements, or download files. And I kind of touched on those earlier, but I wanted to at least write those out and, and a few bullet points on the very last page, um, to try to get that across.
1: Oh, it's a, a great concept project you got going. Well,
2: thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely not in this to make a profit. I, I really just, uh, my entire goal from the beginning was just to make a book that I could share with my kids uh, without spending a lot right. of money to, to create it. And so, you know, it's important for me to explain um, to my son what it is I do all day on the computer. I, I work from home. Um, he sees me on my computer all the time. I, I feel sometimes like a bad parent. Right. He'll, you know, he'll talk to me and I'm zoned in and I can't give him the attention that he deserves. So um, I'd like to be able to explain, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this is what this is what your dad does um, for a job." And so as he gets older, I'll be able to use that book and kind of go back and, and hopefully he'll get an idea of what it is I, I do at a high level.
0: Okay, great. Right. Great. Right. Um, so tell our listeners where you are in the, in the process of the book. Yeah, that's
2: a great question. I am um, about a third of the way through with the illustrations. Um, I found a really good illustrator um, on Fiverr. I, I'm not sure if um, our listeners are familiar with Fiverr, but it's a really good freelancing website that I came across. Um, you can hire people to do all sorts of different um artistic things. One of the things is children's book illustrations. And uh, I found, um, this woman that does an amazing job. She's a, an award-winning children's book illustrator. She's been in the business for about 20 years and just does amazing work. So I asked her, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, um, can you do a mock-up for me? So I have an idea of, you know, if it's what I have in mind, and, and she just knocked it out of the park with the first one. So that was, <laughs> That's that, great. yeah, it was the U is for unauthorized access. Um, one that I put out on Twitter is one of the first images or the very, very first image. It's a octopus monster hanging down from the ceiling mission, impossible style. And the, the octopus is trying to break into a bank <laughs> vault. And so she, uh, yeah, she, she um, won my respect after that. And, and, and we started working together and, uh, she's definitely more expensive, um, but, you know, again, she's worth it. I wanted to make sure I had good illustrations in this book, especially since the concepts were difficult to understand. I wanted to make sure the the illustrations were at least uh, solid. That's good. Um, so, yeah, about a third of the way through, to answer your question, um, there's more illustrations to do. She's moving at a pretty good pace. I would imagine we would wrap up with that in the next uh, two to three weeks. Um then I chose a, um, a printer. There's a, a lot I learned about um, <laughs> publishing your own books. I won't make fun of any children's books again. Um, but yeah, I've learned uh, a lot, and it's a lot more involved mm. than I ever expected. Um, but I did decide to self-publish. Um, I did raise funds on, on Kickstarter, as you guys know. Um, and I've uh, kind of figured everything out along the way as I went. Um, but the uh, once I get the illustrations done, I will submit them to the printing company, um, the printing company is, um, based out of Chicago, Illinois, um, and their turnaround time is uh, a few weeks. Um, and then it goes to the warehouse and fulfillment center, a- and then they, uh, fulfill all the Kickstarter, um, ones. So I'm hoping, uh, within the next few months, everybody from Kickstarter will have their copies. And it might be a little bit after that before it's available on Amazon. Okay. Great.
0: Um, outside of Kickstarter and Amazon, do you have any book launching um parties or <laughs> things planned for that. <laughs> I don't.
2: Um no, I don't have anything planned. Um just plan on advertising it on social media, um, uh, trying to get the word out. Um this whole marketing has been a really fun experience. It's probably been my most um most enjoyable part of this entire journey. Um uh, I didn't have a plan for marketing. I don't have a lot of followers on Twitter. I have about you know 460 or something and I knew I didn't. Um, I couldn't reach a lot of people, um, but fortunately, uh, I was lucky. in Black Hills uh, Information Security and um, uh, John Strand uh, retweeted some of my tweets, and, and <laughs> I'll never forget. You know, I was about fifty percent of the way through the Kickstarter campaign. You know, several days in, about a weekend, and as soon as he retweeted that it went the closest thing to viral I've ever seen <laughs> for myself anyways. And and it just went past hundred percent that same day. So
0: oh, that's great. Big,
2: yeah. Big shout out to him. I mean, it was fun. My wife and I were jumping up and down hugging each other and, and you would have thought this was something more serious than a children's book. <laughs> we had a really good time uh, just watching, watching the, uh, the percentages tick up. the campaign.
1: So, yeah, we're going to put, we're going to put a link to your Kickstarter in our, um, show notes so if any of the listeners want to um i appreciate go that pre-order it's, they can uh, and that's it Cyberx dot tech slash podcast and yours will be the top of course um can you just explain the
2: pre-order uh um, yeah the different brackets, rewards how that works on, on kickstarter yeah absolutely So yeah, I, I started with Kickstarter because I thought, you know, I don't know how popular this idea is going to be. I I know already that the market is pretty, um, pretty small because information security is pretty small already, right? The, the, the industry, the, the professionals in this space, it's not a large, um, large market. And then you divide that even further with parents (laughs) that are in the space. And so I didn't even know if this would take off. So I thought Kickstarter would be the way to gauge popularity and raise funds. Um, And it did, it took, you know, it took off and, um, I'm about 302%, I think right now funded, which I, I never imagined. I thought, you know, I'd be lucky to sell a few hundred books. Um, and, and so we're, we're much past that now. Um, so one of the ways I got there was by creating different rewards on Kickstarter, um, and, an, an individual book costs about $10 plus shipping. Um, and then, you know, that's all I had originally, um, someone came up to me after I put it on Twitter and said, you know, Hey, you should really think about selling these in bulk uh, because there's a lot of security companies who give out swag at security conferences. Yeah. And so he pointed out, you know, we all have, um, we all know that parents take that silly stuff home to their kids. Anyways, why not an educational book that's relevant versus like a a fidget spinner or a yo-yo that lights up or something. I mean, we all, we've all seen those at the security conferences Um, and he had a really good idea. So I, I, you know, I told him, Thank you. That's excellent advice. And I went on there and created a bunch of, um, you know, for a hundred dollars, you could get 10 books uh, plus shipping. So you save on shipping. And that was a really popular option that actually sold out. So I had to go back and create more of those. I decided to print more books than the original 500 that I was planning on. Um, And then some of the other tiers um, were um, for sponsorships. So I kind of had the idea later as I was thinking about my illustrations, one of my illustrations was a hacker, H is for hacker. Um, the idea there is, you know, there's a hacker with, the you know, stereotypical hoodie <laughs> pulled over his head. Uh, he's staring down at his laptop. The laptop is um, covered with hacker stickers, which is, you know, pretty common uh, in our industry. Um, so I needed to come up with stickers anyways. Um, and I thought of the the obvious ones to me were trusted sec, the smiley face with the eye patch. Um, The Black Hills Information Security one and the Crypto Village one. Um, And then, you know, I thought I need more than this. I should I should ask for sponsors and put their logos in here. And so I did that and it was really popular. I I limited it to three. Um, So there's a primary sponsor, um, which is Smooth Sailing Solutions. um, Two secondary sponsors. um, uh, So Randall Security and... um, then there's your development team, a software development team out of uh, Melbourne, Australia. So they um, all signed up pretty quickly, sold out. Um, so I took their logos and put them in illustrations. So that's really fun. Um, they get to be on stickers, and um, one of them's on a coffee mug. One of uh, two of them are on stickers on laptops. So those were my other tiers. Um, because we do have the sponsorships, it allowed me to print more books than I had originally planned. I I only planned 500 originally, and I think now I might be able to print 1500 So I'm hoping the word gets out more. I'm um, able to print more for Amazon. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. That's
0: great. That's great. So it, it's, it's just uh, amazing to me that, you know, in our community, we have a lot of, um, a lot of us are passionate about what we do, but yet we're taking different approaches to get the word out, you know, whether it's children books, you know. Um, any type of awareness that is done out of the box thinking—it's just amazing to me. You know, one day we're going to accomplish it. We're going to get total awareness all over the place, no matter how what vehicle we use. You know, <laughs> it's just amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the goal. But if if everybody's totally aware, yes, there won't be a. A need for security position anymore because everybody'll be writing perfect code and, and not clicking
0: <laughs> on anything. <laughs> you, know, you know how that goes. There's always going to be that hacker <laughs> out there that's like, okay, I got this new idea. Next thing you know, we're back at it again, trying to <laughs>
2: attack, right. take it's them like down. <laughs> game of cat and mouse, like constant game.
0: What? Yep, you got it. What? What about your coworkers? What are they saying about all of this?
2: I've got some pretty supportive coworkers. They're pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, again, I, this is just a passion project. I kind, I kind of felt silly about it at the beginning, you know, getting excited about a, a children's book that doesn't have a lot of text in it anyways. I'm not even doing the illustrations myself. So I kind of didn't want to take too much credit for this thing. I just wanted to see it kind of come to life. Um, success in my mind would have been, you know, I, I got a single copy for my son that I didn't have to pay for. That was kind of like what I that was my goal. Right. And now a lot of people get to benefit from the book. And I'm just really excited to share it with the community. But yeah, I, I got way more support than I expected. Um, lots of people saying a lot of kind things on Twitter and LinkedIn. And um, all my friends and family are super supportive. And um, it's just kind of cool to see everybody standing behind it. And I know a lot of people around my age um, have a lot of um, children. So, you know, they're they're excited to share it with their kids. Similarly to me, they want to show, you know, what it is they do day to day at their jobs. Oh, that's
0: great. I mean, it's great. You can, you can think about it in the future. You may, um, uh, I don't know, as a, one of your consultants from your company may walk into a business one day and say, see a copy of that land on someone's desk, you know,
2: yeah, <laughs> you never would, know. That would be <laughs> awesome. And you know, some people I, I uh, that bought books that are close to me said, you know, Hey, I, I didn't need 10 books, but I bought 10 books because I thought it would be really cool to just give these out to local libraries. And that was the first time I thought, well, that is a mm-hmm. fantastic idea. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that myself. And, um, you know, uh, the CEO of InfoSec Institute even reached out to me and said, you know, Hey, we're pretty plugged in with, um, a lot of schools. Um, maybe there's something there. And so my idea is, you know, I, I would gladly, uh, if there's any schools out there that would like books, I could ship in bulk directly from the printer to the school, save on shipping. I won't mark it up. I'll just, you know, sell it at cost. Um, so that they're really affordable. And then hopefully a lot more kids will be able to get their hands on them this way.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah, that'd be nice if consultants or security professionals could get in schools, have book reading
2: hour or something. That's
0: right. That's exactly right. I mean, you yeah. yeah, whatever way you can to bring your awareness.
2: You know? No, that's a yeah, fantastic idea. So, yeah, I would, I would love to see this book in places like schools and, and just anywhere that's where dope. children can get their hands on it.
1: Well, so, yeah, before we wrap up, um, we will provide the link for your Kickstarter. Um, so if any of the listeners want to go support it, they can. Yeah. I think that's a great initiative.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. And again, the whole idea here is, um, just a passion project. I'm, I'm not looking to make any money off of this. I, every dollar that I get, I try to put back into the book. Um, I was looking at different printing companies and you know, the one I chose is known for quality. They do offset printing. Um, it's called print ninja. Um, they just do a really good job. The, the paper quality is like, at least twice as thick as most books. Um, So when they quoted me at first, I was a little shocked by the price, but um, shipping is expensive overseas because some of the printing is done in China. Um, And um, it's just, it's a heavy book. It's about a pound uh, for each book, uh, which is crazy because I was comparing other books that have about as many, you know, the same amount of pages and the same book size and they're about half the weight. Um, So, I'm going for quality, hoping that when people get a hold of this, they're they're thinking, okay, my investment in Kickstarter was worth it. I've got a really good quality heavy-duty book that'll last a while. And and the the print quality and illustrations are good. So that's kind of my whole my whole goal is you know calculate my expenses and, and try to order as many books as I can to cover that.
0: Uh, what about diff- different ways our viewers can contact him and reach out to Curtis?
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter, um Kurt Braz, U-R-T-B-R-A-Z. Um, that's primarily where I hang out now. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me by looking up my name, Curtis Brazel, uh, at Ponderance again is uh, where I work. And uh, yeah, I'm always happy to answer any questions. I belong in several Slack channels too. Um, so I'm just kind of lingering around. If, if there's any questions um, from anybody, especially students, I love I love giving advice on how to get into the industry and, and where to start and things like that. I, I may not always be the perfect person to talk to, uh, but I can at least share what I've seen from my perspective. Always happy to give that advice.
0: And that's the SMB Cybercast podcast. Thank you again for listening. Please check out our other white papers, roadmaps and webcasts at www.cyberx.tech resources and our blog at www.cyberx.tech blog. We have lots of guides and roadmaps to help you improve your cybersecurity program. Go check us out and we'll see you next episode.